As you point out, the Midwest has a number of important races. The national attention is on those races. And so we have a great platform from which to talk about issues that are important to us, including water issues. And first, I want to make note that water issues are economic issues. Water is a critical issue and it underpins a lot of the economy of the Great Lakes region. So protecting the Great Lakes is critical to our economy and also to the people who live here. Hello and welcome to Lakes Chat. I'm your host, Jennifer Caddick with the Alliance for the Great Lakes. This week is National Voter Education Week and the midterm elections coming up on November 8th are in the news across the country. In today's episode, we're talking with two Alliance for the Great Lakes staffers, Molly Flanagan, our Chief Operating Officer and Vice President for Programs, and Jennifer Lumpkin, our Cleveland Local Partnerships Manager. We're talking with them about what the midterms mean for the Great Lakes, why it's important for water issues to be a part of the election season conversation, and how you can get involved this election season. Before we begin, I want to note that the Alliance for the Great Lakes is a 501c3 nonpartisan nonprofit organization. We cannot engage in electioneering activities such as endorsing candidates for office, but we can educate voters and candidates about issues and share information about voting, which are the topics of our conversation today. Welcome, Molly and Jennifer. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jen. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Molly, let's start with you and the big picture here. It's 2022. It's not a presidential election year, but there are a lot of other important races on that that will be on ballots in November across the region. Tell us a bit about who's on the ballot and why this year is important, even though it's not a presidential election year. Sure. Thanks, Jen. First, I want to say that every election is important and every vote can make a difference. So it may not be a presidential election year, but as you know, there are a lot of important races on the ballot. Um, Seven of our governor's seats are on the ballot uh, this November. That's every state except Indiana. Six states have U.S. Senate elections. Those include Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. And all the seats in the U.S. House of Representatives are up for election. You add to that the number of state and local elections that are on the ballot. And what you end up with is actually a really important ballot this November. Um, Those local uh, ballot initiatives and candidates can make a real difference in the lives of communities and people who live in those communities. So it really is important to get out and vote. And some of those races that you mentioned are making national headlines, you know, from our Great Lakes states, you know, for instance, those Senate races in Ohio and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, they seem to be in the national news all the time. There's a race for governor of Michigan that makes a lot of national news. Those are just listing a couple. Um, And a lot of that national conversation about those races in our Great Lakes states are talking about issues of the economy, jobs, healthcare, which are certainly really important. Um, But we don't really hear a lot about water issues. So, Molly, from your perspective, what kinds of water issues should be a part of those conversations and, and why? Why should these candidates be talking about water? Yeah, Jen, as you point out, the Midwest has a number of important races the national attention is on those races. And so we have a great platform from which to talk about issues that are important to us, including water issues. And first, I want to make note that water issues are economic issues. Um, water is a critical issue, and it underpins a lot of the economy of the Great Lakes region. So protecting the Great Lakes is critical to our economy and also to the people who live here. 
water impacts people's lives every day. You can't live without water. So candidates should be paying close attention to these critical issues. They should be talking about how they're going to ensure that every single person in every single community has access to safe and clean drinking water and also to safe and affordable sanitation. They should also be talking about how they're going to hold polluters accountable. Polluters that are dumping chemicals into our Great Lakes pose a real threat to our health. This is a tough one for politicians. They don't always like to hold um, industry accountable, but it is really important for the health of our region and the health of our communities. Um, most importantly, I think they should be talking about the water issues that are important to voters. And if they hear that issues are important to you as voters, they're more likely to talk about them. They're more likely to get local and national attention. And Jennifer, you know, shifting over to you, you know, we mentioned briefly that there are so many of these lower called like down ballot races for local offices on that will be on everybody's ballot on November 8th. And you work in Northeast Ohio, and there's a big race for the Cuyahoga County executive seat. And for those listeners who aren't familiar with Northeast Ohio, Cuyahoga County includes the city of Cleveland. So it's a very populous county. And of course, there's a lot of Lake Erie shoreline in the county. So give us a little bit of background on that race. Sure. Um, so this new form of county government has only existed since November 2009. But since the current executive, Armin Budish, has declined to seek his third term as county exec, this will be um, the race that, um, for the first time in eight years, has been opened. So it holds a lot of power over the county budget, which is $1.5 million, as well as a lot of power over the capital improvements across the county. Um, and that's inclusive of 59 mayors. So a lot of decisions being made. Right. And then um, that includes Mayor Bibb of Cleveland and a lot of local organizations that are really influential um, in the path forward to finding solutions for water equity in communities across the county, um, which is one point two million residents. So that's a lot of folks. Um, it'll be a lot of voters that are invested um, in ensuring that those capital improvements and that that budget actually covers some of the policy issues that we're recommending under water equity. That sounds like a really influential position to bring together a lot of different, uh, you know, mayors and agencies in the county. Um, and, you know, I know you're working with a coalition of organizations that are working to educate candidates and voters as part of this election season. So tell us a bit about that coalition and what you're doing to get water issues in that Cuyahoga County um, election conversation. Sure. So the Cleveland Environmental Advocacy Coalition is led in partnership um, with the Alliance for the Great Lakes and, of course, the Ohio Environmental Council is a statewide organization and includes more than 20 individuals representing organizations and advocates um, across the county, Cuyahoga County specifically, and the city of Cleveland. Um, and we work together to create the Cleveland Comprehensive Environmental Policy Platform, which includes policy recommendations recommendations for energy, land, air, and water, um, as well as the resident engagement toolkit. That toolkit actually gives very specific and tactile ways to engage um, with elected officials leading up to elections, which is, you know, candidate um, education, fact sheets, having meetings, um, attending town halls, um, attending different forums, and actually 
we're working with them to apply some of those um, recommendations in this toolkit um, and creating more accountability pathways so that we can hold our elected officials accountable once the election is over in November. Um, So we're really mapping out and implementing some of those advocacy actions that we outlined in the toolkit. And we're looking forward to to how can we hold folks accountable once they're in office and what does that look like um, from an advocacy advocacy standpoint. Um, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Keep on. Okay. Uh, I was also going to say we're looking um, right now at candidate education and engagement, um, as well as voter education and engagement. So those two buckets are really how we're focusing our energy and time. And our water water policy priorities are condensed um, into those fact sheets um, that essentially are a more brief version of that Cleveland Comprehensive Policy Platform. Um, And we're also looking at making sure voters know how to educate themselves. Um, And that resident toolkit is part of that process. Um, But it's also been just educating folks on how water equity and water policy aligns with the real life challenges that they see um, with regards to water access um, and lead service lines specifically and having those replaced and and making sure that folks know how to articulate that and that candidates understand when they hear this information, what that actually means for their voters. Um, And that process just sort of culminates into the get out the vote and early voting from October 11th through November 8th general election. So we're really kind of using this chance to educate candidates and voters, as well as um, making sure that we understand what alignment for water equity issues looks like with our policy priorities. And so can you give a couple examples, you know, it sounds like that comprehensive platform, you know, and I've looked at it, it includes a lot, you know, energy issues, you know, transportation access and so on. On the water piece, give us a couple examples, you know, you've talked about water equity, like what does, what are some of the things we might be asking candidate to specifically talk about and share their views on with the community and with the voters that are going to be considering them on a ballot on November 8th? Sure. Well, we know that climate and environmental justice issues um, disproportionately affect certain communities in Cleveland. And we know that lead service lines are one of those um, large and ongoing challenges that we wanted to have um, really addressed. So really gauging their um, their understanding and importance of um, having lead service lines replaced, um, reducing water shutoffs. And what does it mean to um, take some of that um the budget and really allocate it to communities that are disproportionately affected um, to ensure that there's clean drinking water, um, to make sure that there's actual um, policy that's implemented that um, that allows folks to see those changes in their community. Lead service lines are, are underground, so it's an invisible thing that most folks are not going to really know or be aware of um, unless it's pretty disruptive. So how do they prioritize those sort of infrastructure changes um, and how do they gauge um, that as a priority? You know, so it sounds like one thing that you're doing a lot, Jennifer, and, and Molly, maybe you have some thoughts on this too, is, is you know, it's important for um, candidates to be articulating some specifics about how they're going to be addressing these issues. Um, and I'm curious what you all would have suggestions for as voters, like how can voters and like, what are some of the tools or tactics that they could use to try and get candidates to, or their campaigns to talk about things like replacing lead service lines, stopping water shutoffs, um, and, you know, down the list. Um, so Molly, maybe I'll start with you and Jennifer, you might have some thoughts too. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think 
One important thing to remember is that the Great Lakes and water issues are important to our region. They're important to the people who live here because they care about the water. They care about the health of their families. And so candidates tend to talk about issues that people, that their constituents are talking about. And so there are lots of ways that you can get involved, that voters can get involved and try to get candidates to pay more attention to the issues that they care about. One of them is showing up to candidates forums. This is where um, usually every candidate running for an office is invited to come and answer questions, either questions that are submitted ahead of time or questions that are just asked during the forum. And so you can ask a question about the Great Lakes or about water. You have an opportunity to personalize your story and let them know specifically what issues you care about. If you have a lead service line, talk about the impact that that might have on the health of your family and the need to get all of them out of the ground. If you are having trouble affording your water bill or know that people in your communities are having trouble with that, that's something you can talk personally about. And then ask a question that really puts candidates on the spot to give real answers. I think um, our candidates should be accountable for the specific issues that communities are facing. Another way to get involved and to create a conversation with candidates is to use social media. You can use the show social media, tag candidates, and get them talking about the issues that you care about. You know, the more they know that you care about Great Lakes and water issues, it helps them care more and talk more about these issues. And just to add um, on to what Molly's saying, from an advocacy standpoint, it's equipping our advocates with questions that really um, articulate some of the, the things that they're understanding and feeling and experiencing in community um, in a way that will translate clearly to candidates and to elected officials. So one example is how will you ensure that diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice are centered in the work of the county, right? Like how do you get those those really like specific questions um, that will kind of give an umbrella answer and understanding of how they apply to your issues, right? And how will you as a candidate work collaboratively with stakeholders to address water equity and policy issues? So really equipping folks with the types of questions that will that will get to what their, their main concerns and, um, and issues are. Um, and then also, once folks are elected, public comment is an option at the county level and at the city level. So encouraging folks to continue that sort of rhythm of going to forums and engaging directly in whatever form it looks like after the election and encouraging folks to do that and directly emailing, communicating um, as well as a great way. So just wanted to add that in there. I think that's a really important point, Jennifer, um, that, you know, part of this is understanding, right, as we all go to the polls on November 8th, understanding more about each of those candidates on the ballot, because everybody on the ballot will in some way be able to touch water issues, understanding where they stand so that can educate us as voters. But then also as those candidates are making commitments one of them is going to eventually be sitting in that role after once the the election uh, results are tallied and they announce a winner. And so it sounds, Jennifer, like some of this can also be really used to hold office holders accountable if they are making promises or commitments. Um, It sounds like that's a really important piece of the puzzle there. Absolutely. Yes. 
Um, I will also add that uh, we can add a link on um, our webpage, which is greatlakes.org slash lakeschat to that Cleveland, uh, the, the Cuyahoga County um, comprehensive platform. And we also have some questions from um, just the broad Great Lakes perspective that to give you a start to think about what you might want to ask as a voter. Um, so we can put all of that on greatlakes.org slash lakeschat because you might be thinking, these are really big issues. I don't know enough about them, but we have some tools to help you think about what questions to get you started, what questions you might want to ask. Um, you know, Molly, sometimes when it, especially when it comes to these really big races, we hear from people that it seems really daunting. And you talked about some specific ways your know, people can go to candidate forums or speak out on social, social media. Um, but more broadly, and I'll, then I'll come to you, Jennifer, with this one. Why does voting matter, right? Sometimes people say, well, I'm just one vote out of a, I don't know, however many millions of people around the Great Lakes region, or it's it's hard sometimes, right? You have to wait in line, you have to, you know, get to your polling place, you have to find the polling place. Why would you say that voting matters here? Yeah, thanks, Jen. I know that some people in our region across our country don't think that their vote counts. Um, and what I want to stress is that your vote is literally counted. And it's a critical way to ensure that your voice is heard. And many local races sometimes come down to just a few votes. So your vote could be the one that makes the difference. And I wanted to just share a couple of reasons why I vote, because I vote for a lot of reasons. Um, I vote because I think everyone has the right to safe and affordable drinking water. I vote because I think no one should have sewage backing up in their basements after storms. I vote because I think kids should be able to go to the beach and parents shouldn't have to worry about their children getting sick. I vote for, because I want a better future for the Great Lakes. I want a better future for the next generation of Great Lakers. And so you may not share my reasons for voting, but whatever your reasons are, get out there and vote. Jennifer, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that question. That was a really great answer. <laughs> I was, was going to come with my answer. Um, and I think absolutely when you're not voting, it's a vote against yourself. So why give up the vote for yourself to someone or anything else? Um, I think that it's really looking at um, the fact that we're in a democracy and that voting is essentially sort of the, a pillar of of what ensures that you have the rights that you have. Um, and so why would you, why would you forfeit that? Um, I also just want to say that we vote in some way, shape or form every day when we decide, you know, where we live, when we decide where we work, we're voting in some way, shape or form. So this is in my mind, a collective vote. It's a way to do something with other folks who think and align with how I feel about the environment, my community, um, and I think ultimately it's one of the, the best forms of articulating um, how you feel about your community and the issues that are important for you. And it's really a culmination of all of those things that that matter. Right. Your life matters and your vote matters. I think that um, for me, a lot of folks in, in my in my family um, weren't able to vote up until a couple generations ago. Um, and so I'm only the third generation in my family that is allowed to vote. So I just would never take that for granted personally. And I think that everyone, like Molly said, has their reason and you should find your reason and make sure you make it count and, and vote. And Jennifer, I know there are a couple of really important deadlines coming up in Ohio. Um, you mentioned them briefly before, but um, could you reshare those with us? 
Yes. So we only have 12 days left for folks who are not registered. I know everyone's registered, but we only have 12 days left for folks who are not registered to vote. Um, That final date is October 11th. And then we'll go into get out the vote um, where you must vote early. If you're going to vote before November 8th, voting early, turning in your um, your early voting application um, within the next two weeks. Um, And then, of course, voting in person by November 8th. Um, for the general election. So those are just really important deadlines to remember. And um, the magic number is October 11th. You can vote starting October 11th until November 8th. Thanks, Jennifer. And obviously those deadlines change are very different across all eight Great Lakes states. And there's different rules about registration and early voting and in-person voting, mail voting. Um, So we have a resource for our listeners. It's called our Voter Information Center. Um, so folks can visit greatlakes.org slash voter info. You type in your name and your address, um, and it, you can confirm your voter registration status. So even though you think you're registered, it's really good to double check because you don't want to show up on election day and not be registered. Um, you can find out your polling location. You can find out registration deadlines. And in some cases, you can see a sample ballot. It won't tell you about the issues, um, but you can at least understand who might be on your ballot um, so that you can start doing some research before November 8th. So again, that's greatlakes.org slash voter info. And you know, Molly and Jennifer, we've covered a, a lot of ground here today. We've talked about some specific issues. We've talked about why it's important to vote. If you have one next step for our listeners, what would it be? Please vote. Um, Make a plan to vote and then do it. Use the resources we offer or use resources that other organizations offer in order to do all the things that that Jen just mentioned so that you know know, where things stand and what you need to do in order to get your voice heard. And then once you have a plan to vote, please tell your friends and family to vote. Help them make their voting plans. Um, Yeah, uh, it just comes down to that. Vote. And I would say be an informed voter. Um, That's the next step is to really educate yourself on um, the Cleveland Environmental Policy Platform. It's comprehensive. If you're listening to this podcast, you clearly care about our natural resources. So it's a great place to really start and get sort of a foundation of what those policy recommendations and priorities are. And just ensure that you have an opportunity to listen to some of these forums, attend them, and get a sense of where candidates align with your issues and where they do not. So be an informed and educated voter and, of course, encourage everyone around you to do the same. Great. Well, thank you so much, Molly and Jennifer, for taking the time to chat with us today about the election season, Great Lakes, and the importance of voting. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thank you for listening. On our website, greatlakes.org slash lakeschat, you'll find links to more information about the topics that we talked about today. And you can also sign up for updates to stay in the know about Great Lakes issues and opportunities to get involved. Special thank you to my colleague, Michelle Farley, who produces this podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you'll know when the next episode drops. Talk to you next week. Next week. Next week.